0: society would you say that we live in an antagonistic society are you an antagonist <laughs> hope not hope not but uh, we i would say that we live in an antagonistic society everybody's out to get each other and, and that's not necessarily god's plan but god has good stuff amen and he wants to give you strength again it's never god's will for the church to shrink someone say amen to that it's never god's will for his people to hide amen And so this morning I want to I want to talk about this is an encouraging message. It's not the Prophet Jeremiah Isaiah messages and and all that stuff that I gave you the last weeks. I mean some of it was good. I enjoyed it all. But we needed it. So if you have your Bible, Romans chapter twelve, verses one through three. I just want to preface starting this and then we'll go to to Daniel. Romans chapter twelve verses one through three says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Here's verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, let, me, let me just read verse 2 again. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We'll just skip through, uh, verse 3 right now. Okay, so really what it says, it says, your act of worship is to give your life to God. Okay? And then Paul is saying, he's saying to the believers, don't act like the world anymore don't conform to what the world does anymore. He says, be transformed by God's Word. Okay, remember I say very often, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the what? The Word of God. And so the Word of God will transform our thinking, will transform our lives. And so, so with that, as you're turning to Daniel chapter uh, 1, as you're turning to Daniel chapter 1, I want to read a scripture out of Luke uh, this kind of sets up the mindset as well. Luke 10.2-3 2, 2, uh, through 3 says this. He, said, he told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Verse 3. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Father, in Jesus' name, would you open our spirits... Would you open our minds, would you open our our thoughts to the Word of God today? Whatever is trying to distract us, whatever is trying to confuse us, I bind that in the name of Jesus. I pray for clarity. I pray that I'm your vessel today. I pray that the truth rings out. I pray that it gives strength to my friends that are here, that the Word would help us to, to thrive, Lord, in an antagonistic society, that while we are lambs among wolves, we will be victorious because you reign, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, no one has to tell you... Right, that we live in an antagonistic society. Everyone's against you. Everyone wants to win the argument. Everyone wants to fight. Um, no one probably has to tell you, but I'm going to tell you, we live in, in a predatory society. In other words, people are looking for a way to make you fall. Would you agree with that? They're looking for a way to make you trip. In fact, our work, our work ethics in our world now are teaching us get ahead at all costs and it doesn't matter how you get there. And that's really not even a, a good thing uh, morally, scripturally. Okay? Uh, so the enemy's out out to destroy us. And if we're not careful, we as Christians can become victims to a society that's out to destroy us. Right? Are you, are you following me? We can become entrapped sometimes as Christians in the same bondages that's keeping the world down. The same thing that's destroying the world, we ourselves can get into it. And we can get caught into that. Now, if you look through scripture... Throughout times, the church, the the believers have prospered, have thrived in good times, have gone through tough times. But through the whole time, if you look in scriptures, God is always taking care of his children. Amen? And even when we're going to talk a little bit about Daniel, when Daniel was thrown into the fiery furnace and his three friends, and then he was thrown into the lion's den, he still thrived. God was still with him. You may be going through a fiery furnace right now. Maybe someone is throwing you into a pit. Maybe even your own brothers and sisters threw you into a pit like Joseph's own brothers. I'm here to tell you, God is for you and not against you this morning. Amen? And if you listen with your heart, you listen with your mind, and you listen with your spirit this morning, you're going to receive ways and strength through the Word of God to learn to thrive in an antagonistic, a predatorial society that wants to destroy us. Are you Ready? Are you ready? So let's learn from Daniel and his three friends. So, number one, how many of you know that this is not your grandpa's America? Right? Some of you, you're new to the nation, so you're like, well, I don't know what it's like. Well, I'm just telling you because this is not like our grandpa's America anymore. This is not blue uh, apple pie and ice cream and the 4th of July and, and not everyone. You can't leave your doors unlocked at night anymore. You can't leave stuff in your car anymore. Uh, I, I mean, this is a different day and age, Amen. Politicians have forgotten that they're here to serve us, and, and, and instead they want us to serve them. And, and, then, and then we're told that if you're a good Republican, you're, you're, if you're a good Christian, you're a Republican, or if you're a better Christian, you're a Democrat. I'm so sick of hearing that. Amen? I mean, we're Christians, and I'm so tired of the world telling us what it's like. This is not your grandma or grandpa's America, right? Are, are, would you agree? So, so the first thing is letter A. I'm not going to go too much in depth, but letter A, the land of bondage. The land of bondage. Daniel 1, 1 and 2. I'm not here to judge you. I just want you to hear what this says. Daniel 1, 1 and 2 says this. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of, of his God in Babylonia and put the treasure house... Put the treasure house of his God. Put them in the treasure house of his God. So so the people of God here in this scripture were, were were taken captive because they had forgotten the ways of God. They began to become like the world around them. They began to worship the other gods. They began to live like the world. And so God warned them for centuries. He warned them. He sent prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet. He, he, he shook them up a little and finally said, That's it. So Jerusalem was completely, almost completely destroyed. The children of Israel were taken captive and put into to Babylon or Persia, which is now modern-day Iran and Iraq. Uh, and so they were taken captive for 70 years. And you see, it, there's a scripture I want to read to you, Psalm 33:12. I think I have it. It says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people He chose for His inheritance. You see, this nation was founded on godly morals. The founding fathers, most of them were Christians or at least acknowledged God. And now our nation, as you know, and I'm not going to go too long to this, is pushing away from God. And so this, what founded this nation, what made this nation great, now we're pushing against God. And if you see what's happening, our world, our nation specifically, we're becoming slaves to the things of the society, of this world. And whatever society becomes slaves to, it masters them and that's how they base the morality. So much of the morals today is based on the bondage that people are in. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? This fight against marriage, this fight against unborn children, this fight against morality is because we people in this, in this nation are in bondage and what they know is they think that's right when wrong is not really right. And so what's happened is now is the children of God, us today, are living. This is no longer Jerusalem. This is not your grandpa, grandpa grandma's America. This is a different America than what it was even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. When I was born, I'm just a young guy born in 65. This is a different America. Now, can it come back to where it was? Possibly. But, but I'm, again, I'm not a doomsday prophet, but I, I can just tell, if we don't change our course, we're not going to be a nation for very long. Now, I'm done with the prophet, I told you that. But I'm here to tell you how we can thrive and bring light and change to a society that needs God. Amen? So the second thing is, we are in the land of many gods. We are in the land of many gods. In fact, if you turn, keep your finger in Daniel one. We'll go there in a moment. But flip over to Daniel chapter three, verses one through about five or six. Uh, Daniel three one through six, and. and Today, the United States is still a pinnacle nation. We're still one of the top nations of the world. There are many other good nations. But what's happening is the nation of America, we're becoming enthralled with, with the lifestyle of the rich and the famous. We're, be, we're, we're beginning to, to worship politicians, sports stars, singers. We're, 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 we're worshiping people with, with wealth. And it's destroying us. So here's what's happening. The land of many gods, Daniel 3, verses 1-6. through 6, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and nine feet wide. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he summoned the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all other provincial officials to come to to the dedication of the the image he had set up. So the satraps, the prefects, the governors, everybody, in other words, and all the provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that, that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then, then the herald loudly proclaimed, this is what you are commanded to do. O people, nations, men of every language, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the, the, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of, God, of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has, has set up. Verse 6, I will read that. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So, so the king said, if you don't worship me, you're going to be burned in fire. And basically, our society says, if you don't worship me, your life's going to be terrible. Would you agree? We are fixated on the lifestyles of the rich and famous. And I'm sad, and I know, and I'm going to probably upset some of you, but I'm seeing an unhealthy, in our nation, worship of the President of the United States. The past, the current, whether you like him or not. People are expecting the President to solve all the problems in the world. He will never do that. The next President will never solve all the problems in the world. You and I have to stop thinking that the president can solve. They may solve some problems. We must pray that they do that. But we must realize it is God that is our, self, our Savior. Amen? And so some of us think, well, if I just could live like Beyonce. man, If I look like Beyonce. Guys, hopefully you don't want to look like Beyonce. Uh, or if you said, if I looked like Brad Pitt and, and if I had his money, my life would be, would be great. That's not always true. You see, we're fixated, we're fixated. Man, if I just had a million dollars, if I just won the lottery, if I just was, the, if I was just the president, if I was just the owner, and what happens is we lose our thought of who is our provider. And we have many gods. Are you following me? This land, many people claim that they serve God, and, and, and they say, I think 85% of this land says that they believe in God, but our lifestyles show the opposite. Okay, let me move on. I know this is supposed to be encouraging messaging. Letter C. Go back to Daniel chapter 1. Letter C. Society tries to rename you. So first they tell us who to worship. Right. Right? They tell you you must bow down to these people. And then they say, not only that, but I'm going to rename you. So Daniel chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. It says this, verse 5, Daniel 1, 5 through 8, verse 1. The king assigned them, speaking of of Daniel and his three friends, the, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were entered the king's service. Among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names, to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So we always refer to them Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? But Daniel resolved, listen to this Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief priest, uh, the chief official, uh, for permission not to defile himself in this way. And so what happened was Daniel, I'm going to say it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were told that you're to live like us, you're to eat like us, we're changing your name to be like us. And Daniel said, Please, official, we are not going to partake of the king's portion. And he, and he put, basically said, Listen, you allow us to eat our kind of food, and I I'll, I'll guarantee you, in, in so many days, we'll be healthier and we'll be stronger. I mean, this guy, he, he, he could have, they could have lived the life. I mean, they could have lived the life of Riley, that old saying. But instead, he said, We're going to live our life the way we know, the way we're called to do it, and they're, they were healthier. You're going to begin to see how God blessed them because they stood up for the right things. But listen to this the world is always trying to tell us how we should live our Christianity. Isn't that funny? They're telling you, they don't even believe in the Bible, or they doubt the Bible, and they're telling you how you're to live your life. They're telling you how a Christian should act. They're telling us what we should believe when they don't believe in the Bible that we believe in. We cannot follow that, amen? It, it, it breaks my heart that, that we are the, supposed to be the people of the Word, but we don't know the Word of God. Amen? Are you with me? It's going to get encouraging. It's going to go, Oh, here we go, Pastor. You're going to go at us. But they try to mold us into their image. They, they try to tell us. They try to rename us. They, they try to say, Hey, hey, you've you got to be like us. In fact, uh, I, was, I, was, I had the privilege of hearing uh, Senate Chaplain Barry Black. He's, he's a retired Navy chaplain. He, he retired as a, as a captain or, or colonel, maybe if you're familiar with that. And he was a chaplain for 30 years and now he's a, uh, he's a chaplain to the Senate. And, and if, you hear, if you ever read about him, hear a story if, I think I've had the privilege of hearing him three times. Every time I get something great from him. And so he was told that, that when he became a, a young uh, ensign, a junior grade, I'm sorry, he, he became a, a lieutenant junior grade in the Navy, they told him, he was a 7th day then, still is, they told him, they said, Chaplain Black, if you want to make it higher in the Navy, you're going to have to change denominations. In fact, there's some other things you're going to have to stop doing. He said, I will not do it. You're not going to change my name. My denomination is the one that endorsed me. That's the way I was raised. I'm going to live this way. And tell you what, if you ever ever get to hear him or read his book, God has blessed him because he stood for what God had called him to do. You see, your boss is going to tell you you have to vote Democrat. You have to vote Republican. The news is going to tell you how to vote. You should vote as the Lord leads you. Amen? Your company is going to tell you, you know what, you need to act like this because if you're part of our company, this is how we act. And if you say, you know what, this is not biblical... You can't change my name because I'm a Christian. Do you see what I'm saying? God will honor you for honoring Him. You should not be afraid or ashamed to be a Christian. Amen? Even if it's politically incorrect, even if we go to prison, we should not be ashamed to be called, be called Christians. Allow God to transform us. The, the, the fourth thing here is we live in a predatory society. I've already said this, a predatory society. Society is looking for ways to trip us up. They're trying to use our faith against us. Do you see that happening now? Uh, the whole, this whole thing, again, I, know I'm not gonna, I don't want to go there too long, but the whole, the whole uh, same-sex marriage thing, and the Bible is very clear, I stand with God on this, that, that homosexuality is a sin, just like gossip, just like lying, just like drunkenness. But if we, if we live in a certain lifestyle, God doesn't like it. Whether you're a drunkard, whether you're a liar, whether you're homosexual. But for them to say that homosexuality is okay because it was misinterpreted in the Bible, that's not right. They're trying to tell you to change your name. And, and it could be anything. It could be some other, other issue. But we, we, we live in a predatory society where they try to change the word. They try to use the word against us. You know the old saying. Misery loves company, right? So they're in bondage. They're, they're miserable. And they hate it to see that we're joyful. They hate to see that we're redeemed. In fact, the devil hates that you're redeemed and you're going to heaven. Do you understand this? And so the devil's out there, and I, I, I've mentioned this to you many times, there's a target on your back. He is out there. The Bible is very clear. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy is throwing darts at you. He's trying to trip you up with schemes and always trying to, to get you in trouble. In fact, I think of Joseph. Remember, Joseph was thrown in the pit by his brothers. Then he, then he was in jail. He was forgotten in jail. He could have been bitter the whole time. And then he becomes the head servant in, in the house of Potiphar. Do you remember that? It said he was good looking. I mean, he was a strapping young man. I mean, when he, when he pulled off his shirt, he was ripped, right? He was beyond Brad Pitt. Right? I mean, this is, the scripture says that he was, he was, he was a handsome young man. I'm jealous. I mean, cause, anyway, I'm just kidding. Just kind of lighten me up a little bit. So, so Joseph, uh, was working in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife was looking for a way to trap him. She'd been looking, she'd been looking, and finally, she caught away. She said, hey, let's, let's, let's go and let's, let's be unfaithful to my husband together. He runs, she grabs his coat, he's falsely accused. What happens to him? He's in prison, but God, again, raises him up because he did the right thing. You see, the world may accuse you, but if you do the right thing, God will lift you up. Amen? So let's not let the world tell us how we are to live our lives, and, and the enemy's out there to get us. In fact, Luke 21, 16 through, through uh, 19 says this, or 18 says this, I believe, or 19, whatever it is here. I have some typos, I believe. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. Jesus says, If you stand with me, I will take care of you. Amen? People will hate us because they have, we have Jesus in our lives. Are you following me? Okay, so let me encourage you now. Let me move on to the tough stuff, from the tough stuff to the good stuff. Here's how you and I can live and thrive in an antagonistic society. Are you ready? Here we go Is be resolute in God. What's resolute mean? It means firm. I'm going to stand with God no matter what the world tells me. Whether if my family leaves me, my country leaves me, my friends, I'm going to be resolved to serve the Lord. So the first thing is this. Are you ready? Trust the sovereignty of God. Say this with me. There is a God and I am not Him. Say it like you believe it now. There is a God and I am not Him. And so with that, you must know that God has you in His hand. Amen? He loves you. He has the best in store for you. You've got to trust Him through the trials. Amen? You have to hold on to Him in the storm. You must know that He is going to take care of you in the fiery furnace and in the lion's pit. Amen? So Daniel chapter 1. I've got, I got to read some of this just to set it up. Daniel chapter 1, verses 17 through 20. Listen to this. This is what God did. This is what God did. Okay. Here are the children of Israel. They're in captivity. They are, they, are the, they are the people that, are, that were brought into land to serve the, the Babylonians. Here's what it says. Verse 17. To these four young men God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and of learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. So the king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them, listen, ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters in this whole kingdom. So in other words, God was with them. God gave them understanding. God gave them knowledge. God gave them favor. Isn't that awesome? Yes? So you've got to trust the sovereignty of God. And listen, God has great plans. We read that scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, for I, I, the Lord knows the plans I have for you, not to destroy you, but to prosper you. But for you to prosper, you have to submit your plans to God. Do you understand that? It says, it says in Proverbs, it says, let me—I think I have it. Let me read Psalm uh, first. Psalm thirty-seven, twenty-three through twenty-four: The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he will not utterly be cut, utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. In other words, in the King James it says, the, the steps of righteous man are ordered by the Lord. In other words, your steps are ordered by God. You might fall, but you're not going to be destroyed. Amen? Come on, some of you now, should, you should be inside doing this. I'm going to get up. God is with me. Amen? I'm not going to be destroyed. I might fall. I might trip. I might make a mistake. But God will lift me up. And then Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We must acknowledge God Because He will acknowledge us. Amen? There are times, listen, there have been times in my life and in your life, we don't know where God is. God, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. I'm not sure what's my next step. Let me give you some quick steps that will help you in those times. Follow the Bible. You see, sometimes people say, I don't know what God's will for my life. God's will for you is to live biblical standards. Do you understand what I'm saying? When in doubt, look in the Word. Say, well, I, I don't know what career I don't know who I'm supposed to marry. I don't know where I'm supposed to live. When in doubt, just go forward with life. Use the Scripture as your guide. Amen? And then there were times Then God will then reveal stuff to you about certain things. Who are you are to marry? Where do you live? What kind of job? Just, just go with God's flow, okay? We're so... Sometimes we're so... Some of us are, are so... Some of you are like, you have your next 20 years of life, you have every minute planned out. I mean, not only is that a sickness... But it's a good thing sometimes. But sometimes you have to allow God to kind of change some of that stuff. And we're so, we are so we want to be so in the know. I mean, when, when God called my wife and I to leave a good church, we were on staff at a large church. I was the senior associate pastor. There were four or five pastors on staff. I was overseeing the, the pastoral staff, the office staff. We had a growing youth ministry. I mean, it was good. And God told me to leave. In fact, God told Olivia first, but she didn't tell me. She wanted me to know. God told me it's time to leave. And I said, okay, Lord, where do I need to go? And he said, just trust me. That was hard. When I was leaving a good church, I was leaving a paid job. And I was telling the church, I'm leaving next month. What are you going to do for money? I have no idea. Because God has called me to do this. And you see, some of us, that's scary. Some of us don't like that. And I think the church needs to get back to living by faith in some areas. Amen? You need to trust God. It's hard. I'm, I'm, it's hard. It's hard. So we stepped out in faith. We had no jobs. My wife was doing a job. She got a little, little money. Then, then I got an offer of a job and then the Lord showed us, I want you to plant a church. We planted that church. It was just her and I. God blessed it over time. And it grew. Because we stepped out in faith. And so just do the Bible. Live the Bible. through those times. Amen? Trust in the sovereignty of God. Well, Pastor Stan, I'm rotting. I am rotting at this job. When will God deliver me from this? Well, maybe you do need to look for another job. But seek God. Seek God. Pastor, I'm dying. I mean, think about Daniel and his three friends. Think about Joseph. They could have complained. They could have griped. But I'm looking through Scripture and I don't see anywhere where those men griped. Think about it. Think about, it. Think about what happens if you were taken from the United States of America and we were forced to live in Canada. So that may not be bad. Okay, we are forced to live in Siberia. So that might not be bad. Well, yeah, that's pretty bad, okay? And you're forced, you're, you're told that you're not to worship anymore. You're told that you must learn these ways. What would happen? No more TV. No more Starbucks. Oh, No more Chipotle. Whoa. Right? Right? I mean, we would, we would gripe and complain, and so, sometimes, I'm honest with you, can I be honest with you? God is waiting for you to stop complaining and griping before He can promote you. He's trying to see if you're going to do good in that job before He moves you on to the next job. Are you hearing me? That was extra, by the way, that was free. Let it be. Be preparing, I know this isn't proper English, but be preparing for the next opportunity. While you're in the mud, learn how to make mud cakes. While you're in the mud, learn how to, to, to make bricks out of mud. While you're in the mud, learn how to bring someone up out of the mud. You see what I'm saying? Learn while you're there. Be preparing for the next station in life. Daniel and his friends did the best they could where were they were at. In fact, he used his current situation as a training ground for the future. Daniel 1.4, young men without physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He he was to teach them the language and the literature. Do you see it says here, let me go back. Daniel was, not only was he handsome, that's just not fair, right? He was showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand. In other words, Daniel and his three friends said, we're going to do the best we can. We're going to be, a lot of times, sometimes Christians, we come into jobs like, what is the company going to do for me? Instead of us coming, what can I do for this company? Amen? So Daniel, and his three friends said, "What? What can we learn? How can we prepare? And what can we do next?" In fact, I'm going to go back to to uh, 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 the Senate Chaplain Barry Black, Dr. Barry Black. He said that when he became as a junior officer in, in the chaplaincy, he automatically began to work on multiple uh, degrees because he knew that because of his race at that time when he was a first young uh, a young. Uh, uh, chaplain, that they, they, there was still some racism happening in the Navy back 30 years ago. And, and so he, he decided to get other degrees. He decided, in fact, he says, kind of convicted me. He said, I, he said no TV. I took, when I went home at night, I went to learn. I didn't want my brain to be, by the TV, to be brainwashed by the TV. And he said, I turned off the TV and I, I learned. And he got multiple degrees before they even told him to. Instead of complaining where you're at, work on your future goals. Do the best that you can where you're at. You might be in a low-level job. You might be you might be in a pit, but do the best you can and learn, and then have future plans and future dreams. See, I'm not going to be here for the rest of my life. Amen. I mean, unless you like that job. But someday you should say, you know what? I want to work to be the owner someday. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Let her let her see. The the third thing is to strive to serve. Daniel and his three friends serve the heathens. <gasps> What? They serve these wicked, ungodly people. Oh my goodness. We're we're pastor. It says we're the head and not the tail. Haven't you been reading your Bible? Yeah, but I've read the whole thing. Not just a part of it. I've read it all. And it said whenever Christians or believers come in, they serve where they're at. I, I, I recently read a study a few weeks ago, I believe this was in the Washington Post, where people thrive under a servant leader boss versus a dictator boss. They did study after study that people do better when their, their boss is a servant leader who says, I'm going to help you, I'm going to serve you to help our company become a better place versus a dictator. And so here, Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they served. And you know what? Our greatest example of servant is who? Come on. Jesus. In fact, here's what it says. Matthew chapter 20, verses 25-28. to Jesus called them together and said, he's talking to the disciples, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so much with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must what? Be your what? Servant. Say it with me. Servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That that is counter-cultural. Right? When you get out of school, when you get out into your, into your military career or, or whatever you're doing, your job, you're told to, to say, hey, you're top dog. Work for top dog. I'm going to tell you, okay, I'm going to give you a secret. For, in order for you to become top dog, become the servant of the people around you. I'm not saying that you have to be like subservient, but I'm saying look for ways to serve them, to bless them, to help them. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a difference from being subservient and being a servant to them. Say, I am God's servant to them. You're, uh, can I just be real with you for a moment? I'm going to anyway. I'm going to challenge you because I think some of your work, <clears throat> office, shop relationships are going to change when you begin to look at them and say, How can I serve them? Instead of saying, What do they owe me? I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you to go say, How can I serve my boss? Even, you, even though it might be Satan's son, it might be Satan's daughter. Say, how can I serve them? Or maybe your customers. I, you know, worked in, I worked in restaurant business. I used to sell shoes and I had people just rip me and yell at me and tell me how a so loser it was. And I'd say, Man, I, ma'am, I'm sorry. And I'd say, how can, how, can, how, can we, how can we do better next time? It was hard. It was hard. But it was preparing me for ministry <laughs> so I can learn how to serve. I can help you. How I can help my, my, my friends, my neighbors. And so serving makes a difference. Back to, to Chaplain Barry Black. Dr. Barry Black tells of how when he, when his, under his first command, the command chaplain, he was told, he, they, were, they, said, they said, Barry, the command chaplain you're going to work for is a closet racist. Your career, your career may not go very far. And instead of him pulling the equal rights stuff, he just went and said, I'm going to serve this man. I'm going to just serve. I mean, Barry, Barry Black went in the office the, the first day and asked the secretary, what time does the boss come in? What time does he go home? What time? And he got there earlier than the boss. He left after the boss. He stayed at his desk. While the boss was going out for lunch, he said, have a good lunch, boss. When the boss was leaving the, the command chaplain, he said, have a great day, chaplain, command chaplain. I'm here to serve. And he did that. And after a while, the, 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 this chaplain, his heart began to change. He's like, what can I do? And over time, if you, you read the story, now, now Chaplain Barry Black is the chaplain of the Senate. And you think about the Senate of the United States. He's there serving senators. And he said now he has a a weekly Bible study where there's about 20 to 30 30 senators of both parties that come to this Bible study to hear the Word of God. Because he served where he was at. Do you see what I'm saying? You might have a boss that might not like your color. They may not like your hair. They may not like your heritage. They may not like your political background. But if you're there to serve, I guarantee you God is going to see that you get exalted. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't listen to the world. Listen to the Word of God. Amen? This is good stuff. You doing alright? Come on, this is good stuff. Letter D. Live with integrity. I know that's a lost word today. This is, and you heard the definition, this is what you do when no one is around. This is what you do when no one is around. And and the reality is this. Someone is around. His name is God. He's watching. In fact, the, the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives within us. Everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit's with you. So when you're doing good in private, Holy Spirit's with you. When you're not doing so good in private, the Holy Spirit's with you. When you're honest in private, the Holy Spirit's When you're not so honest in private, the Holy Spirit is with you. So you're not fooling anyone. Amen? Listen to this. In fact, here's your homework for the next month. I'm challenging you, because I've been reading my, my life journal. We've been, I've been in the book of Proverbs. And I was like, man, this is good stuff. And so I'm going to challenge you for the next month, read one proverb a day. There's 31 there. Read one proverb a day and you'll see the, the wisdom and knowledge and this will help you get ahead in life. Are you doing okay? In fact, Proverbs seventeen twenty says, A man of perverse heart does not prosper. So, so it's really true. Cheaters never prosper. Do you see that? A man of perverse heart does not prosper. He whose tongue is deceitful falls into what? Trouble. So don't fall into the lies of the world. Amen? Here's a good standard. Okay, I heard Chaplain Black say this. Here's Here's what he said. He said, he was asking, you know, how do, we, how do we apply the standard? What do we know it's right and wrong? And, and, and he was told this. If you have to explain it to someone, you probably shouldn't do it. In other words, if you have to figure out how you're going to explain why you did what you just did, it's probably not right. If you have to get, if Pastor Dave and I have to, to meet in the office, okay, Pastor Dave, um, when we get before the church, this is what we're going to say. And this is how we're going to try to make this thing happen. It's probably not good for him and I to do that. For this thing. Do you see what I'm saying? If you're in sales and you're, you're gonna, your boss is telling you, this is how we're going to get more money. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna tell them it's this, but really what, what it is, we're just going to charge them more. Do you see what I'm saying? If you have to figure out a way to justify what you're going to do, then you probably shouldn't do it. That is good preaching. That you can take to the bank and to heaven. Amen? Don't fall into what the world says. Integrity is intentional. You have to be intentional in your integrity. I don't have time to read it, but, but Jonathan Edwards was a, a, was a preacher way back in the 16th, 1700s. And when he was 17, he came up with 70 resolutions. Go online, Jonathan Edwards, and, and look for 70 resolutions. And he was a phenomenal preacher. In fact, he, he, taught, he, he did a, pre- a sermon. He would read his sermons. He, he had thick glasses and he would read his sermons verbatim and he preached a sermon, Man in, in the Hands of an Angry God. And people literally were crawling and crying for salvation. They saw the the, the floorboards open up and flames coming up burning them like hell was opening up. And people were rushing to the altars. And all the while this guy is just reading his sermon because he couldn't see very well. He was a man of God. And I wish more men of God and women of God would start acting like that. I wish more, more believers in the church would start acting like men and women of God. Amen? Come on, you want to go forward? Then trust the Lord. Obey Him. Be a person who takes letter E. Trust God for favor. Trust God for favor. Whenever you have to self-promote, you're going to be in trouble. I've already talked about that before. If you, if you always have to say, hey, hey man, I got the project done. I got it early. And not only that, I, I shined your shoes, uh, boss, and then I, 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 I I mean, if you always have to say, well, I, I can do that. I can do all things because Christ is, you know, Christ is, if you're always having to toot your horn, I'm going to just tell you, you're going to have to be in trouble. Now there'll be a few times you say, yeah, I, I can. If they ask you, can you do this? Absolutely. I know how to do this. And sometimes you can offer it. You know what, uh, boss, I do have an expertise in this, and whenever you need me to do that, let me know. Do you see the same? There's a difference. See how I did that? Instead of saying, well, hey, I, I, I got all kinds of experience. I'm better than everyone else in this office. What does that say? Remember Joseph? Hey, hey guys, my coat's better than yours. In fact, you're gonna, all going to bow down to me. Versus, hey, I'm just living in God's favor right now. And yeah, I have some skills and talents. Here's what I can offer. You let me know. That comes across a lot better, doesn't it? Then, hey, I, I know it all. You can be confident. You can be firm. But you don't have to be a know-it-all. In fact, God gave Daniel and his three friends great favor. Proverbs 16:3. Listen to this. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will what? Come on, it's up there, Right? Commit to the Lord whatever your plan, whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Commit now. You can't commit bank robbery. That's against God's rules. You can't commit lying. That, God's not going to prosper things that are unbiblical. You see what I'm saying? You're smart, right? But I just had to say it just in case. Just in case. Yes, you can have dreams and plans because God gives you dreams and plans. Those dreams and plans that you have are from God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Acknowledge Him. Amen? He will make your path straight. Letter F. Letter F. Expect God, expect God to equip you. What God calls you to do, He will equip you. He will empower you. He will enable you to do what you're called to do. Do you see what I'm saying? If you're saying, well, what college I should go to? Ask God, He'll guide you. Who, who, what kind of job am I supposed to do? Ask God, He will guide you. He will give you skills and talents. In fact, He gives you vision and also He gives you provision for the vision. Isn't that awesome? He gives you a vision and then He says, I'm going to be the provision for that vision. I will not leave you out there hanging. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us what? Everything that we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who's called us by his own glory and goodness God wants you to succeed in everything that you do and he wants you to bring glory. then Psalm 5:12For surely O Lord, you bless the righteous you surround them with your favor as with a shield so just expect God to equip you amen Letter G this is this is good stuff. are you doing good? I'm I'm guaranteeing if you begin to apply these things that I've given you, these are just some guidelines. If you apply them to your your life, your schooling, your business, your marriages, with your neighbors, I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to prosper in life. Why? Because Daniel proved it. Because David proved it. Because Joseph proved it. Some of you are proving it. I'm proving it through life. Letter G, raise the bar of excellence. I don't want to get too far on this, and I know I'll get a little, little... Sidetrack, raise the bar of excellence Ecclesiastes 9.10 says whatever your hands find to do do with all your might for in the grave where you're going there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom in other words while you're on this world work hard I love vacation I love kicking back sometimes but we're a society that loves kicking back more than we do doing stuff I mean, we're trying to, we're trying to make it that we only work 20 hours a week. I mean, that would be great, you know, if you can do that and have other people work for you, sure. But we are a society, we are, we are, we are just intoxicated with trying to get away with doing nothing. And you've got to say, you know what, this, this, this time on this earth, I might have 50 years, I might have 60, I might, I might have, I might have 90 years. But I've got to work hard on those 90 years. Don't fall into this trap that we could, from, from right out of high school, you can begin to retire. It is possible. Some people have done it. And I've said this before. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of God, you should be one of the best employees that your company has. Amen? You should be one of the, one of the best bosses, the best managers, the best supervisors. If you're an owner of the company, you should be one of the best owners of a company. It breaks my heart when Christians are the laziest. When we're, we're ready at 454, we're like this. You shouldn't do that. Well, Pastor, I got to beat that traffic because you're right there. You're you're dawdling on two seventy. I don't even go two seventy home anymore because it's just a it's a it's a parking lot. It wouldn't kill you to show up a few minutes early at work. It wouldn't show. It wouldn't even kill you to be on time. Did did the pastor just did the pastor just say that? Yes, I did, and it's good medicine. Amen. In fact, let me just go ahead and go to the next step. You should give your all for God's ministries as well. Did the pastor say, yes, I did? You should not offer God your leftovers. You should give Him your best. Amen? I know I'm going to tease some of you and you're going to get a little upset, but come in here at, you know, church starts at 10.30, and I know Pastor standards start at 10, 10.35, 10.40. You come kind of rambling in here at 10.50, 11 o'clock. And then as, as soon as I say, let's stand, you're doing this. <coughs> and you wonder why you're struggling. <gasps> did I just say that? Yes, I did. You wonder why there's no one friendly to you in this church. Because you're not here when we're talking to you. We talk before service and we talk after service. I love you. And if you want to grow in your faith, you've got to spend some time with God. Amen? And if God calls you to serve in the nursery, I don't want to work in the stupid nursery. I hate kids. Then help us move you somewhere else. Oh, I love kids. Then let us get you in there. Well, I have to work with these changed diapers. Man, we'll do it for the Lord. Amen? I'm in the sound room. No one sees me. I see ya. There you go. Well, I teach a Sunday class and no one comes. <sighs> Invite people. <sighs> Amen? Are you giving your best to the Lord when, when, when we ask you things at the church? Do you... Yeah, I better not. I better stop. When you're faithful in the little things, God will give you stewardship of big things. When you start showing up on time and earlier at work and in church when you give your all in the nursery or whatever ministry it is or there, and some of you have ministries that, that I'm waiting for you to start and you're waiting for me to start it. I'm waiting on you. You're like, well pastor, when are you going to start it? Because that's not my gift. It's not my call. It's your call. It's your gifts. It's your talents. And so some of you are waiting on God. Go forward. Come to me. Say, hey, I'd like to start this ministry. And I'll say, high five. Let's do what we can to help you make it happen. Do you see what I'm saying? You have gifts and talents that I don't have that this church needs. In fact, whenever you go to work, whenever you're at the church, you should remind yourself of Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for who? The Lord and not for men. You're not doing it for Pastor Stan. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not doing it for me, you're doing it for God. You're not working for your boss, you're working for God. You're not working for the government, you're working for God. I know the government sometimes is anti-God, but you're still there as God's representative. And you're God's light. In the school, in the home, in the courtroom, in, in the operating room, out on the fields, on the streets, whatever you do, in the shops, whatever you do. It says this, check this out, verse 24. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Are you doing good? Now let me let me end up on this. I know some of you are gonna get ready to bolt. Don't bolt, please. Number three, expect a fiery furnace experience. And I know that there's a lot of Christians out there saying on the head and not the tail, Christians will never go through hard times. I don't know where they get that from. That's not even in the Bible. That's not even biblical to say a Christian will never have a hard time. You show me the Bible where believers and children of God never had a hard time. And I'll show you a false Bible. And I'll rip it up in front of your face. And I know that there's this, in the charismatic Pentecostal. When we had the blabbit-grabbit doctrine that, hey, I'm a, a king's kid and I, I can get away with anything I want and I'll never have trouble. That's not even biblical. Because if you look at the children of kings and queens, in the Bible times, they were servants. They worked hard. Not all of them, but they set examples. And kingdoms sometimes were attacked. Sometimes there were turmoil. Sometimes there were famines. Sometimes there were hard times but they stayed faithful to God. Amen. And so, I don't know what you've been smoking or drinking or someone's told you about, but Christians were, are going to face fiery furnaces. And I don't know why Christians right now are whining and complaining about the economy. You're still eating, aren't you? You're still breathing, right? Your heart is still going. I'm mean, not here Talk to my stories about my dad. He's not with us anymore. Him growing up on a farm and, and him telling me how his, his family survived through the Great Depression. Of the twenties and the thirties, and you see some of us—we're so spoiled. I mean, again, I mean, it, I know it's tough. The Nelson family's cut back. We've made some cutbacks. We're trying to—we're trying to be good stewards with God gives us, and we're trying to be right too. But man, it—it's—it's it's rough. When I have to sometimes go to Chipotle for lunch because I forgot to bring my lunch. I mean, it's rough when I go to the grocery store, and and there are aisle. There's a full aisle of different types of potato chips. It's rough, isn't it? Oh man, how would I survive in this world? I mean, I have to go down and I have to pick what kind of water I'm going to drink, right? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's rough because when you go to Starbucks, they gave you the wrong coffee. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? We don't know rough times. Maybe you came from a country that knew rough times. Maybe you grew up in a home that came out of the Depression. But this generation, we don't know rough times. It's a little tough. I'm not. I'm not saying to a pastor, I lost money in the investments. So did I. But my trust is in the Lord God Almighty. And whatever happens in this world, whether our economy tanks, because I know there are, people are watching Europe and like, oh my goodness, all our do- our dollar might crash. All the better for you to have faith and trust in God Almighty. He never crashes. His word says that that he will take care of his people. Where am I at? Here we go. Letter A. You will be challenged. 2 Timothy 3.12 In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will what? Come on, church, what? You will be persecuted. Daniel was was challenged. I I don't have time. I'm going to. Daniel chapter 3, verses 8. Daniel chapter 3 verse 8 Daniel was challenged they were looking for Daniel they were looking for a way to get him in trouble check this out remember I said as soon as they hear the, the flute the, the electric guitar and, and the, 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 the music they are supposed to get all they are supposed to bow down verse 8 at that time some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews and they were watching Daniel hey Daniel they don't bow down when, when the music comes on and so they go and they say hey They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O King, live forever. You have issued a decree, O King, that everyone who hears the music (laughs) are to bow down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. And there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the the province of of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who pay no attention to you. O King, they they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of God. Of course, he's furious. They were looking, remember we live in a predatorial society, they were looking for a way to get them. You know, it could have been easy for Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. said, so guys, you know what? I gotta tie my shoe when the music's on. Oh, my contact fell out. They could not see, you know, it's okay. Let's just let's just do this and we'll be safe. You know what they did while everyone was bowing down? They didn't bow down. Did they fear? Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Did you know God is bigger than your boss? God is bigger than, than the government, God is bigger than this world. The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Daniel and his friends, they were not burned. In fact, they weren't even they didn't even smell like smoke. You never been on a campfire? You know? And you, you smell like that, or you you know? And so they weren't even check this out. Daniel three, twenty five through twenty seven. Man, I saw Olivia this morning. That would have been a sight to see. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Jesus walking around in the fiery furnace. In fact, they said the fiery furnace was so hot that the people, the guards that were carrying Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were consumed. They just disappeared. The fire was so hot that they just, poof, disappeared. And they threw these three men in there and then they're walking around with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? You see, Jesus is going to walk with you through the fire, amen? He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the, the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar, that's Jesus in other words, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, I'm sorry, it those those three, And the satraps, prefects, governors, and the royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies and not a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire in them. You can walk through the fires of life untouched when God is with you. Amen? It might get hot, but you may not get burned. God will take care of you. Then, let her see... Expect opportunities to glorify God. This is good stuff, amen? Expect opportunities to glorify God. Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, listen to this, this is the guy that was worshipping himself. He was so full of himself, he had a 90 foot idol made of gold of himself. Listen to what he says now. After they try to kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who has sent his anger, angel and rescued the servants, his servants. They trusted in Him and, and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their, their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. In fact, I didn't have time to read it, but it said, they said to, the, to, to King Nebuchadnezzar, O King Nebuchadnezzar, God will protect us and if, even if He doesn't, we're burn, we'll burn in the fire, but we will never bow to you. Do you have that kind of faith? You see, God will bless you when you stand up for God. In fact, then it says, check this out, Verse thirty, Daniel three thirty. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the provinces of Babylon. You see, through the fire, through the standing with God, there was a promotion. Some of you might be going through the fire right now. Some of you are wondering why you work at that, that terrible place that you're at. Let me tell you God honors those who honor Him. You cannot go wrong for living for God. Do you understand me? When the world tells you to lie, don't lie. When the world tells you to cook the books and cheat on the paperwork, don't do it. When the world tells you it's okay to have an extramarital affair, it's not. Amen? When the world tells you to do all that you can to get ahead, don't. At the expense of others. Would you stand with me this morning? God will have the last word at the end of time. He will judge every one of us for what we said and what we did and what we did not do. I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm just saying it's worth standing up for the right things. You might lose a job. You might get displaced. But when you stand with God, you see what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They got, they got promoted to a higher position. Daniel was promoted to higher positions because he would not compromise his faith. I'm challenging you as believers today in this antagonistic, this predatorial society, don't act like these people that you know that are not Christians. They're going to tell you, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, and if it's wrong, then don't do it. Amen? God will take care of you. God will reward you. God will bless you. God will honor you when you honor Him. You must be resolute in God. And then you will thrive in a, in a predatorial, antagonistic society. Lord, let, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, help all of us. We're all tempted, all times. There's no one in this room that's perfect. We've all been tempted to lie, to cheat. We've all been tempted to do things that are not proper. We've even been told by our society, it's okay, Lord, it's not okay. Help us to get godly morals and godly standards and help us to be like Daniel who said, I'm not going to defile myself with the food of the king. And we should say, Father, we're not going to defile ourselves with the ways of the world. We're going to live for you. We're going to serve you, Father God. Lord, you're not here to judge and destroy any of us in this room because you have great plans for us. And Father, I'm asking for anyone in this room that have maybe compromised, maybe they have bowed down,